0: Welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm a staff pastor at the Rocky View campus of Manor House in Portland. Uh, we're a multi-site church. We've got five campuses in the uh, Portland metro area, uh, and then also down in Eugene, and a little shout out to our Eugene family. And uh, uh, just, man, we're, I'm just excited to be here today. Uh, it is bright and sunny outside. That always just helps. Helps the mood. And now you know exactly what day I'm recording this uh, episode because it's not sunny all the time here, you know? And so um, you just go ahead and check the almanac and see which day in the month of May was sunny and you'll know uh, when this was recorded. So um, today I am excited because I am not doing this podcast alone. And, uh, and so I get to bring in a good friend of mine, someone actually I just have just tons of respect and honor for, and I know that he's going to bring a ton of value to your heart today. So as we begin to get ready to jump in to this topic today, may I just ask you, whether you're driving in your car, whether you're washing dishes, or you know, whatever it is that you find yourself doing while you're listening to this podcast, is, uh, is really um, position your heart to receive from the Holy Spirit today. Uh, because I, I, what we're talking about today is just the nitty-gritty. It's it's where the rubber meets the road of pastoral work. Because at the Growing Faith podcast, our goal, our our heart, our passion, is really just to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And and when we when we say equip the saints, we mean every single one of them. Uh, I always like my my kind of the phrase I use all the time is the average Joe that finds himself just sitting in the pews that. Uh, that person, that average Joe is called by God to do the work of the ministry. And so that's our heart. We want to equip you to do the work of the ministry. So with all of that, my friend, Adam Robinson, he is a staff pastor at our Mill Plain campus. And uh, we've been friends for a good number of years now. And I'm telling you, this guy is the real deal. Um, Adam, why don't you jump in and just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, and then kind of just walk us into uh, the topic. And, you know, we, we talked, I mean, we've been trying to get you on the podcast for way too long. Um, I'm pretty sure it's because you were busy doing other people's podcasts and you just didn't want to tell me. But um, but we talked about a lot of topics and this is the one that was on the forefront of your heart. So give us a little introduction. Who are you? Um, where have you come from? What's your journey been like? And then, um, and then what the topic is and why why it's the front of your heart.
1: Awesome. Well, first of all, um, such an honor to be a part of this podcast. Honestly, when you you first mentioned it, I was just overwhelmed by the request. I, I I had to get my mind and my heart in the right place to <laughs> feel like I even should have a place at this table. So, thank you so much for uh, having me here. Uh, yeah, we Rick and I go way back. To Bible college. I'm guessing I don't want to date myself too much, but it's been a couple of years for sure. Um uh so yeah, I'm just so blessed. That's a good to be-
0: way to put it. A couple that's years. That's, couple that's a good years. way to put it.
1: <laughs> a couple or a few, depending on how you interpret those two words. But uh yeah. Um so I like Pastor Rick said, I am the, the staff pastor at the Mill Plain campus in Vancouver, Washington, uh for Manahouse. And uh my journey, I've been a part of Manahouse since I was born. Uh back when it was uh Bible temple, through a couple of name changes, a couple of locations. Uh, and just been just honored and blessed to be um, a child of the house, um, raised by amazing parents, amazing leaders in our church, um, who are now part of one of our Manor House Global Family Churches and um, on their leadership team there. Um, and uh, but yeah, so I've been part of Mill Plain Campus since 2008. I was on staff as the campus coordinator for seven years. Um just love serving alongside Pastor Jack Loman, Pastor Mark Daniels, Pastor Daryl Corbin, um, some amazing, amazing men, amazing leaders uh, that really helped shape and mold my life. Um, had the opportunity to step into Minister's Fellowship International for a few years, um, working with some of our, our church family there. Um, just an amazing, amazing uh, network of pastors around the nation, around the world. Uh, and then just about two years ago now, um, was asked to come back on staff at Manor House and uh, so, um, just so blessed, so honored, um, just to be able to, to walk the journey of a ministry and life with such an amazing, amazing church, amazing, uh, group of leaders and pastors and the congregation. Um, yeah, so that's my journey. Um, in a nutshell, I married two, two great kids. Um, they're fun. Love it. So. That's yeah. awesome. That's
0: a, that's a great journey. Uh, and what I love is just, uh, what a well-rounded picture that paints for you Um, having been able to see things uh, from just an admin perspective, kind of the background, the, the the backbone that kind of holds it all together that people don't always see, but it's such an important part. Um, And I mean, shoot, just the blessing of being able to work with uh, Pastor Jack Lohman, just what, what a deposit Um, he, you know, what an impact he continues to have on our church, even though he's, uh, been gone to be with Jesus for a few years now, and um, man, it's just uh, what what a blessing to be able to be connected with him. Then uh, to to serve uh, Pastor Mark Daniels and and uh, Daryl Corbin and uh, just great guys that I just they're friends of mine and people that I just have tons of respect for and just honor. Um, and so to be able to serve in that regard, but then also to jump over into Ministers Fellowship International. Uh, we'll drop some of their website information into the show notes so you can kind of take a look at that later. If you want to know more about MFI, um, just uh, Brother Dick Iverson, when he um, you know planted or when he started uh, Bible Temple, uh, just began to come in contact with pastors uh, here and there and everywhere that just had no connection. They had no family. And so um, his his solution to that was, well, let's let's start something. Let's figure it out. And so uh, Brother Dick started uh, Ministers Fellowship International as a way to bring uh, pastors together for relationship and encouragement. And so for you to be able to even see that across the entire United States and uh, help out with the conferences and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, you and I have uh, blood, sweat and tears a little bit, you know, in uh, that process. So that's so good. And then um, so now we're getting ready to, to tell people what we're going to tell them. That's like a great, a good introduction, right? Tell them what you're going to tell them. So as we, as we wrestled through all the different topics that we could have talked about, um, what topic did you land on and why was it front of mind for you?
1: Yeah. So I kind of landed on the topic of um, walking through tough times uh, with people. You know, I know um, we talked on um, walking through grief with Kayla Smith um, uh, late last year And I'd really encourage you to, if you haven't yet, check those out on episodes 29 and 30. Um, But um, today, I just want to kind of get into the nitty gritties of, you know, everyday journeys that people have, you know, life is all about um, mountains and valleys, right? We don't, (laughs) in Western culture, we like to focus a lot on the mountaintop experiences, and we try to strive for those. But uh, sometimes when it's the valley seasons, we're not even sure really like what to do in those seasons uh, when it comes to, you know, if I'm a small group leader, how do I help my people through that? Sometimes we, you know, we have a decision to make. Do we step into the fray or do we pull back? And like, I know um, some of us are great at stepping in. Some of us need a little bit of coaching on how to step in. And so um, my perspective comes mostly from when I was not a staff pastor because I, I, that's been the majority of my life now. Um, you know, two years out of the few years I've lived is, uh, is, um, you know, not the majority for sure. So um, it's been a journey uh, walking alongside, like we mentioned, amazing pastoral support that's helped me to step in. But ultimately, my heart is to help people help group leaders help uh, even people that may may not even be in a leadership position, but as a follower of Jesus, like, how do we care and help and support one another in the midst of life situations. And so that's ultimately where um, my heart for this this uh meeting is today and it's probably uh, the leading thing in my heart in this season of my life. Um so I do have a couple of scriptures that I kind of want to share. Um that I, you know, there's there's tons of scriptures about helping, you know, a brother in need, but you know Matthew 1042 it says that if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers you will surely be rewarded and you know a lot of times we talk about giving a cup of water to the poor person or giving you know water to the least of these but uh in the new living it says you know my followers is talking about you know brothers and sisters in christ and obviously there's a place to serve you know our community and absolutely we lean into that a hundred percent but um, we also need to take care of one another in the body of Christ, um, and then also on Proverbs eighteen twenty four. You know, there's a real friend two sticks closer than a brother. Like that is our calling to to walk through life journeys with people, and so uh, that's ultimately what I want to uh, focus on the few minutes we have today and share my heart uh, toward those things. So,
0: yeah, and that's man, you're, you're you're you're. It's like you're speaking my love language, you know, when you start talking about. Uh, the nitty gritty of caring for people, because I think uh, one thing that can happen is if you have people that are just naturally good at it, um, and this is something that maybe just a tiny little sidebar that we can talk about just for a moment, is when God has gifted you in a particular area of life, and a particular area of ministry, you just have this grace on you, to do something and you just do it really well. And half the time you don't even have to think about it because it's just who God made you to be. Uh, that sometimes we just kind of expect, like we don't necessarily cognitively think, Oh wow, God has gifted me in this area. We just think this is easy. Whatever the thing is that we're so good at, we're like, Oh man. Yeah. I crush it at that thing. And like, I don't understand why everybody doesn't crush it at that thing. And what we can miss is the fact that um, we're actually there to help train and equip and, um, and help other people be able to step into it. They may never step into it to the level of effectiveness that the person that has the, like, the gifting, but they can still step in and do a huge part of that role. And so um, that's where I love this conversation, because, um, Adam, I think you are naturally gifted at this area. And, and I would say for me, um, for me, it's something that uh, is, is reasonably in my wheelhouse. You know, it's something that I'm pretty passionate about is making sure people are taken care of. Um, So that's kind of the purpose today is that we don't just leave it up in the clouds for the person that is naturally gifted, because like you just read in those scriptures is that um, we're, we're all called to do this work. It's all our responsibility and so we we want to look out for each other you know at manor house specifically we talk family language you know we're we're a family we're not we're not an organization we're not a, a company we are a family and family watches out for each other family takes care of each other so awesome why don't you just go ahead and jump in um you know just start us kind of off with the. Uh, the the personal things that you've walked through, and then kind of we'll ju- begin to jump into the practical takeaways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, honestly, I, I don't know that I would say that I'm naturally um, bent towards this way. I I definitely have um, God's gifted me with a heart of compassion for people, um, but stepping into that compassion, I is not my natural tendency. Um, I know it's the right thing, and partnered with the compassion I have, I. I run towards it, but normally I don't like my mind doesn't have like this is what I have to do. So I've had to work really hard with, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm explaining quite what I'm feeling, but yeah, balancing the compassion with the practical. And so you mentioned my admin background, like that's my main wheelhouse is like I can administrate the, <laughs> I can administrate what to do and care for people um, really well. Um, but that's not like my heart is not to administrate care. My heart is compassion for people and um you know i've I've tried to find the fine balance of that, like because i you know, and I think it comes across in my I think people can see that, that I have the heart for the compassion, and they're not I don't administrate you know if that makes sense, but um so yeah i it's definitely been a journey, but the kind of some of the the um personal things I've walked through with some some people is um a really close uh, friend of ours in our church uh, dealt with m s for nineteen years. And for the last ten years, um, they've been really close to Alexandra, my wife, and I for uh, this journey. And uh, God miraculously healed her in a prophetic mating uh, a little over a year ago. And but at the, um, for you know nine of those years, it was there were seasons of where she couldn't she couldn't walk um, for months at a time. Uh, when she could walk uh, through the journey, it was with a cane. And uh, there were times where you know we were over at their house taking meals, taking to the doctor, like. Uh, ambulance would show up like it was just um a lot of things throughout the journey um and just we were you know walked through a lot of different things another was um you know walking through um the death of my mother-in-law who battled cancer for a number of years and um that journey of of just you know being so personally close to home with it being my wife's mom and um walking my wife through that journey uh, myself through that journey, my son through that journey, and then, uh, the whole family. So, um, you know, a close friend, uh, uh, a mother-in-law, um, you know, and then, um, people in our small groups, uh, through the years, um, we had, um, a gal who dealt with mold poisoning in her home to where, um, it took a, a while to diagnose. Once it was diagnosed, it was like a six month journey of, uh, flushing out, coming back to healing, um, And this is a mother of, of, um, four kids, like, you know, with a husband that works 40, 50 hours a week and trying to, to help be a parent in the midst of that journey. Um, and so, uh, there's just, you know, life happens to all of us. And, um, you know, when it happens, it, it doesn't push pause, right. Things continue to go. And, um, so that's kind of, some of my life experience, there's, you know, 10 other stories that I could think of off top of my head. Um, but, um, those would be just a few of them for sure. And
0: I think, uh, probably just worth jumping in right there. And isn't that one of the ways that God redeems the pain and the struggle that, that we walk through, if we allow him to, to minister and heal and strengthen our hearts through the process That part of the redemptive process is that he helps us be able to, with more compassion and more understanding, help those around us. And so sometimes people would think, um, "Gosh, I've been through too much. I've, you know, I can't. I don't. I'm too broken. I'm too hurt. I can't." But it's like, no, God flows best. I feel like through broken vessels, right? And um, so yeah I just i it's never fun when we're going through it, but I love that God doesn't waste that hurt and that pain. Um, if we allow him to, He can use it to then better equip us to then go and strengthen and love and encourage. And so from all of these things that you've walked through, uh, all of these um pieces that have all like just another layer, another layer, another layer of preparation and equipping and strengthening. Um, and compassion and compassion and compassion. Um, what are some of the, um, practical ways, you know, if the, if you can let the admin side of you, uh, out for just a moment and walk through, you know, a one, two, three kind of a thing, what are, what are some of the keys? Like we give, give people a couple of keys to walk away with today. Um, how would you frame that in?
1: Yeah. Um, the first thing I would say is, is just be, um, And, um, you know, you have to wade into the unknown and that's, that's the hardest part. Like that first step, like you'll hold your phone in your hand and you'll be ready to send, but you're like, I don't even know my first word that I'm going to say, but you have to, you have to trust, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to give you the words to say. Um, remember that God ultimately cares about that person so much more than we do. And when we care a lot, then that's so refreshing that like, man, I, I, I sympathize so much for this person and their journey and their suffering, but I mean, goodness gracious, God sent his only son to the world to suffer for the thing that this person is going through. So um, we can't even comprehend that. So, um, you know, just be um, a couple of things, be present, like uh, jump in as quick as you can with people um, that they will, you know, that they're open to you uh, phone call, a text, um, uh, whatever it may be um initially as they're starting to uh deal with whatever they're facing and as the journey um continues you know be proactively reaching out throughout the journey um and um third would always be available um and kind of a rule of thumb for me is like if i think this is like the amount of time i should give to to help support this person i should probably double it like i don't think you can actually like okay you can reach out too much for sure. But I, I think if you're using what you think is the the parameter for how you should be reaching out to people, it's probably less than it should be. Like, um, just based on conversations with people that are going through journeys, there's always a sense of aloneness and a sense of, like, I'm in this and nobody is here with me, even though, like, from other perspectives, there are people reaching out. Uh, there's, there's just a, a sense of, you know, solidarity when you're in such trying times. Um, And if it's warranted or not, it's the, you know, people's perception tends to be their reality. So
0: that's that, I mean, we could really stop the podcast right there and just let people kind of chew on that one point, you know, just be, Um, I mean, it's, you know, you started to, you know, hit on it, it, that God sent his son to die for us. Um, It wasn't just that, but he sent him to suffer with us, you know, like he's Emmanuel, God with us. And uh, Psalm 34, 18, I believe it says that God draws near to the brokenhearted. So if we're going to be more like God, more like Christ, then we need to draw near to those that are brokenhearted. And, um, and I think it seems to me, especially in times of grief, one of the biggest obstacles is the intimidation of not knowing what to say, what to do, you know, la, 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 la. Hey, go on down that road and it can actually, we can actually talk ourselves out of giving incredible care to people because we're so worried about not having the right tools or the right words or this or that. When what you're saying is just gold, like just be with them. It's something about pushing aside the busyness of life and saying, you know what? You're the most important thing I've got going on right now. And so I'm going to say no to the other things I could be doing right now. I'm just going to be with you. Um, I like I I spent some time with a couple that was going through a very deep loss um, about eight months ago. And um, and I just sat with them in the hospital room uh, as they were going through this whole thing. And I had no agenda. I didn't know how long I was going to be there. I, I had in my mind this half hour. 45 minute thing. It was three and a half hours before it was all said and done. And we talked about everything and we talked about nothing. Um, and, and the feedback that I got from them later was like, man, it was just so life-giving to have you with us that, that we weren't alone. (laughs) And, um, you know, some people like to say, you know, misery loves company. Uh, but you know what? Um, misery needs company, like in order to get up out of misery. So, recap for me those three things that you said under B, just yes. B.
1: Yeah. So, number one, be present. Um, you know, uh, early on, be present. Number two, be proactively reaching out throughout the, the journey. And always, three, be available.
0: All right. So how would you jump into uh, what's point number two? So we want to be present. Yep. And then go for it.
1: Yeah. So um, second would be, you know, more on the administration side, and that's building a plan. Um, and kind of the, the parameters for building my plan is basically my thought is, how can I serve this person the way Jesus would serve in this, uh, in this situation? And so um, for me, you know, most of my my peers my, or or my my circle would be people that are in similar stages of life you know younger kids um married 10 15 years um you know earlier on in um the journey of you know careers and work and so some money not much money um uh a lot of <laughs> parenting struggles uh kids you know business of life and everything um and so every obviously situation looks different but for me it's always like you know the first thing is always meals. Like, you know, if we can figure out how to solve meals for people in a, in a crisis, that's such a huge blessing. Um, and then secondly, uh, well, just a plug, you know, take them a meal.com has an amazing website, simple to set up, simple to add email addresses. You can use it on your Facebook posts. Like there's just, you can get the word out and help people so quickly through that to provide meals through, um, your network of people. Um, second thing we've done is you know helping with kids like kids have to get to and from school of course not currently in this season but typically you know you got um, drop off at eight nine o'clock pick up at three um, maybe piano lessons different things that um, parents you know have to face the reality do I have to cancel some of these things in the midst of these journeys and if we can you know just put a little plan together with some close friends of you know I can pick them up from school this day, this day, this day, and, and don't worry about dinner for these days. And quickly, some of the the simp- simple things, they may not be super simple, but they're simple for, you know, in retrospect, um, you can solve some of those things. Offering to take people to doctor's appointments, um, house upkeep, like, you know, gather a bunch of guys together and go mow the lawn, pull some weeds, um, you know, things that would take, you know, time that is not available, you know, help kind of with the maintenance of, of everyday life. Uh, And then a lot of occasions, you know, uh, helping on the financial side, starting a GoFundMe account. We've done that multiple times for people that are in unprecedented seasons. You know, we, um, we want to really go along, come alongside people. Um, You know, our, uh, the book of Acts talks about like, you know, bringing, resources together and you know that's how we want our group to live is you know as a group leader i'm asking people like you know i'm not putting pressure on them and i'm like hey can you really help like if this was you and if this was me like you know i i want to live you know like this is me walking through this journey because ultimately that's who we are we are brothers and sisters and um you know we want to do unto others as we wish that they would do to us and then there's um also the spiritual side you know we Uh, ultimately want to create a network of prayer for the people um, which the spiritual you know in the end is ultimately more important than practical is extremely important but continuing to pray for people um, setting out if you're on Marco Polo it's a great uh, video resource like I'll go for walks and I'll just send prayers to people on my Marco Polo as I'm out exercising getting some fresh air taking a break but um, honestly, I'm refreshed when I'm praying for people, um, and, um, you know, voicemail text. Um, I think Kayla mentioned that like the most meaningful thing for her was people that would actually take the extra step and send uh, a voicemail prayer text as opposed to just a text that says, Hey, I'm praying for you. But when it's actually the voice that the person can play, play back over um, you know, and they can take it to their, their, their spouse, their kids and play a prayer over their family, a blessing that, you know, God is for you. He is not against you. He is walking through the valley of the shadow of death with you. Um, you know, praying and reading scripture is so important. And, you know, the word of God never changes and circumstances change and emotions change. As I know, Rick, you had that post last week, just amazingly being driven by principle and not emotions. Like if we start, a, if we start going down the rabbit hole of like leading our life out of emotion, then we're in big trouble. So continuing to lean into those things. So true.
0: I, so I love, I love where you went with this. Um, and maybe I would just tack on one extra thing as, you know, building a plan and, and you have physical needs, spiritual needs, and then very closely related because we're we're messy messy human beings you know like you can't really separate us out right so the spiritual is connected to the physical so your physical health is going wacky because you're dealing with a lot of grief or something a uh, big disruption in your life then your spiritual life will suffer because your physical body won't have the energy like the like the disciples told Jesus hey you know <laughs> uh, my spirit is willing but my flesh is weak and when our flesh is weak that's a problem um, but the third piece would just be emotionally uh, making sure that we are, um, you know, building a plan if if counseling is needed um, or anything like that, where we, you know, I mean, we're talking about the big topic of just life challenges. If you're talking specifically about grief, American culture says um, power through, baby. Um, not really sure that's the best plan because uh, grief is is tough and tricky and we need to make sure that we are um, one giving people permission um, to take those steps because um, we can't assume that they actually know what to do and that's what just being a part of a church family is all about is that you don't have to walk through these crazy seasons of life on your own and just hope you make the right decisions People can come in and help you and strengthen you and walk beside you through it all and so um, thirdly what's uh, take me to number three
1: yeah uh, the third thing I would say is like bring people along with you in this journey you know we're we're called to be disciples of Jesus you know follow me as I follow Christ and if we do this but we don't teach others to do this as well like it's only going to last through us but if we can if we can reproduce ourselves through others, um, then like this would reach the whole world, right? Like if I help one person or if I help two people, those two go to four, four go to eight. There's just that multiplication factor of like, we could change our American culture and not be the the culture of power through it. But like, let me walk through grief with you. Culture could be the, what we say about America, uh, in the future. So, you know, have another person close to you, you should have, like, as a group leader, it's always good to have an assistant right beside you, uh, that can, um, that can take, um, take some of this for you as well. Uh, and you know, there's, um, you know, it, it can't be dependent on one person. Like if I get hit by a bus, then does, does care stop for that, that person? Absolutely not. It cannot, it cannot. So, um, uh, that would be my third point is don't, don't do it alone, include others, um, include the whole group similar to a church, you know, like the lead pastor is not the one that's, you know, doing the work. It's the the body of Christ that does the work of ministry. It's not the staff pastor. It's the, it's everybody like we are the body of Christ. And so that would be my third
0: point. Yeah. The church literally cannot be the church without the church, you know, like that seems like such a no brainer, but it's, it's not about the leaders. It's, it's about the entire body coming together. And so when you say build a team um, and this is where we're going to hit on the topics, you know, uh, the growing faith podcast, we like to focus on small groups and pastoral care. And the majority of this conversation so far has been pastoral care, but um, it's, It's, again, pointing people to the need for small groups, uh, to be in community, to be connected in relationship with people. Um, I always say trying to get people to get into small groups is like trying to give them a drink of water when they don't know that they're thirsty. You know, like they don't know they're thirsty, so they don't want what you're trying to give them. But boy, in about two hours, they're going to realize my mouth is parched and dry um, and we actually had the answer for them before the problem arose. And and that's really how community works is community is the answer to those those times in life. I mean, we can't avoid them. We're going to go through hard times in life. It's going to be a matter of are we going to end up going through that alone? Or will we have people there to help us and support us? Because you don't always know how well you're going to handle it until you're in the middle of it. And by then it's too late to make uh, repairs to your plan, you know? And so um, that's part of building community is you're going to need it someday. And just recognizing like, just because everything in your life is fine and dandy and you feel like, you know, you got everything handled and dialed in, um, just know our lives are such that one thing, one thing can change. And our, our perfect world that we have built around us can come crumbling down. And then, and then what are we going to do? So, uh, so pause for a minute and take a look around your life and say, do I have those people? Do I have four people around me that I, that I could call and say, I'm hurting real bad and I need your help? People that you know would drop what they have and pick you up, you know, like they'll stop carrying the thing they're carrying and they'll help you carry what you need to carry. And so that's just a huge thing. Um, And I love what you're saying about bringing somebody along with you is like we said at the beginning, not everybody is good at this and they might need basically some training. And once they've walked through it with you, helping someone else, they will feel better about doing it the next time because they'll be like, oh, I've been here. You know, I've, I've walked through that. It doesn't feel quite so foreign. So Quick, quick recap, be, just be, be present, be proactive, be available. Uh, number two is, is begin to put a plan in place. So don't let it be just willy-nilly randomness, like build a plan. Uh, we want to, in that plan, we want to address their physical uh, situation, their physical health, their physical world, um, kids and logistics. Uh, we want to make sure that we're planning for their spiritual world. Number three, we want, we also want to make sure that we're helping with their emotional world. And then number three is build a team and don't do it alone. And so these are all like really great concepts, and I think it's really good framework. Um, but I'm wondering, do you have any just like practical tips um, of some some tricks of the trade that you've learned to help, you know, uh, admin Adam? We'll call you right now. Like, um, what what are some of the practical tips and tools that you have discovered? over time to help you be most effective
1: uh yeah i i really utilize my calendar um and i actually learned this from pastor daryl and i'm sure a lot of people do it but i will build a calendar out based on the care of a person um and you could even have i know google allows you to have multiple calendars so you could even have a care calendar or a a family that you're reaching out to calendar that you could share with uh, your group to reach out but i would add important dates um if somebody loses a loved one like put that in your calendar for every year reminder and then if they lost a loved one well then christmas is going to be really tough and like major holidays that normally bring family together are going to be hard for uh for quite a while and so reminding like you know christmas is going to pop up and if we're not careful like we'll just end up right where we are uh celebrating and not remembering you know those that are really struggling right now so um, reminders about important dates the birthdays um, of of the loved ones um, so many of those you know key key dates in, um in this calendar and so uh, I also schedule text like if I want to reach out to somebody I will I will put like for the next you know every week on Tuesday and I don't I don't do it at the same time same place because like I don't want people to think I'm like <laughs> just going through a list but I you know, I'll remind myself, okay, on Tuesday today, I'm going to reach out. And if I don't get to it, then I move it to the next day, or I move it around just to make sure that I don't forget, but I can't let the I can't let it get away from me. Um, So uh, that would be some of the most practical is just really utilize your calendar, um, because it can, it can be uh, your best friend in helping people.
0: That is super good. Uh, That's great stuff. So again, uh, man, Adam, thank you so much uh be there be with them be present be proactive be available build a plan spiritually physically emotionally um and then you know build a team don't do it alone and hey guys get in a group find a group start a group lead a group get into a group yes i mean how many times do we have to tell you <laughs> what part of get in a group did you not understand so um get in a group um everybody we need yes. to we need to be Uh, actively engaged in relationship, um, one, for these kinds of things, but also because Jesus said to go and make disciples, and we make disciples relationally. And so we need to, one, be growing ourselves, but two, we need to be in a group where we are helping others grow as well. And so um, Adam Robinson, uh, hats off to you for a great job on first appearance on the Growing Faith podcast. You are definitely going to be on the invite back list. I won't tell you about that one person that we're not interested <laughs> Uh So thank you so much uh, for taking time to be a part of this today. Um, and uh, one final, here's what I always like to try to give one final shot. If you just one thing that you can say to the audience, uh, something to think about, something to chew on, ready, set, go.
1: Yes. Um, I'm so glad you asked. Cause I have in bold letters here, this uh, four words point people towards Jesus in the journey. Like. Like, don't let them look to us. Don't let us be, but let's be the reflectors mm-hmm. of God's love. And because um, ultimately, that's where they're going to find all their healing and their support. We are just conduits of the love that people need to find for themselves in Jesus.
0: Wow. That was super good. Great job. Um, so, hey, listening to the audience, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the growing faith journey with us as we. Uh, try to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, talking about small groups and talking about pastoral care and any of the other things that we can sprinkle in along the way to help equip you in this journey. Um, As always, you can reach out to me at rickm at mannahouse.church for any questions or comments. Um, Save the Snide Remarks for Adam. I always like to give my guests all the Snide Remarks. Um, And then if you have any ideas for future episodes, always happy to hear from you so that we can uh, tailor really the content of our podcast to best serve you, our listening audience. That is what we are here for. So with that, I just say a big hearty God bless you and have the most amazing day.